0: I've always known I wanted to do the arts, but with the disabilities, it's made it revolve around advocacy.
1: Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. So, hello Dee. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Good. I'm really glad we've managed to make this work because we've we've come together and then not, and then it's just been a hit and a miss. So I'm really glad we're getting the time to do this today. I know. Uh God, it's
0: been a nightmare. Sorry, I've got a cat.
1: That's all right. I'm
0: not interested in, in everything else.
1: <laughs> no worries. So we'll just dive straight in. So the first yeah. question that I ask every single guest is, how do you refer to your disability? God,
0: um, well, first and foremost, it's rare. Yeah. So it's, it, normally when people hear it, they kind of like, what's that? Yeah. Um, Because we didn't know, but uh-huh. now I know, see that. So how I describe it, it's... Called free, It's called FreeVooks Ataxia. Uh huh. We'll call it FA for sure. Mm-hmm. And how I describe it, gosh, it's like MS. Uh huh. I always think of it as MS, but in a way where it, it does everything MS does. But yeah. obviously, um, slower and there's a different reasoning behind it and um yeah it's it's mobility and coordination yeah in fact yeah and and
1: for you was were you born with this or I mean I don't suppose this is something that you acquire I suppose that you'd like g- genetically you're born with this and then over time it, it like kind of yeah. shows its symptoms and signs as you progress and as you like get older in your years how how did that manifest for you
0: um well I was always a really active kid I did obviously gymnastics shielding dancing and then I noticed something was wrong around about 16 Uh and something was not right um and It took, I think I didn't really fully comprehend something was wrong until I was 18. Uh And then obviously we went through the process of getting diagnosed and pushing it, which wasn't easy at all. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's genetic. So I've got it when you're born. But it Uh takes, obviously, normally it shows when you're a kid yeah it didn't show until late for me so and for you the process of
1: diagnosis what was that like because from speaking to other people who have got you know rare or some form of genetic disability it's almost like doctors don't believe you until you kind of have to scream in their faces and yeah and with it being rare I was wondering is was that the same situation for you And And how did that journey happen? If you don't mind talking about it,
0: yeah. um, Well, like you just said, that was literally (laughs) the run. It took yeah two years to get diagnosed properly. I was I went to like a physio first, and Uh they obviously told me nothing was wrong. So then they put me to a neurologist, and the neurologist basically. Very bluntly told me, um, it it's probably um, psychosomatic. So oh my God, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically denied everything I was telling him. Yeah, like, it's all in your head. Like quite literally, <laughs> told me it was all in my head, and I was like, no, no, it's not. And then yeah.
1: Like I sit here open mouthed, like
0: I'm in shock. Yeah,
1: but the amount of times I've heard this, like this story, is yeah. it's it's shocking because
0: these are, these are people that are meant to, you know, help. And yeah, in that in that case, they weren't interested. Yeah, at all in hearing you out, and it took my GP, God, uh, God bless her, um, to kind of say. Your specialist and you're denying someone. Yeah. Is telling you what's what. Listen to what I'm not doing this. And she was the one that was like enough. Yeah. So it was her, but yeah.
1: It's it's honestly like it's shocking because I think, especially as you said, like you were what, 16, 17, 18, those years are really formative in your life. Yep. And to suddenly turn around and have a psychologist be like, "Yeah, it's all psychosomatic," <laughs> must must have played like some like an unknown amount of stress and toil like on your own mental health. Because if someone professional is telling you what you're saying isn't existing,
0: he's wrong. Yeah,
1: yeah, and
0: it makes you feel crazy. Yeah, it makes feel crazy. It makes you feel like everything you're going through is. Is it real? Yeah, or am I just making up?
1: Yeah, and that's such a such a horrible, horrible place to be in because, like you said, the doctors are meant to be the ones who are helping you, and if they're not, where do you go from there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And for those years, like I said, they are quite, like they're formative for everyone. And I've literally said this about a hundred times that you could never pay me enough to be a teenager again. Like, I just don't need to go through that again. Like it was, it was funny and fun whilst it lasted, but I don't need to go back and repeat it. But for you having like, you know, this rare genetic condition kind of bubble up under the surface, what was that like for you at that period of time in your life?
0: Luckily, when my diagnosis came about, I just finished college, so yeah. I was 18. But it started impacting things that I, normal teens wouldn't think twice about, like going yeah. out drinking. Yeah. I mean, that was a worry. Yeah. Um, and, and just doing things that teens do, like, They wouldn't plan things, they'd just go and do it. And obviously, I can do that. And something was wrong, and it came to the head of me saying, Right, I can't behave like a teenager. I can't do what a teen does because my body and brain doesn't work like theirs anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: So it was sad, but in, in a way, a blessing, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's a like a really beautiful way of thinking about it, and and something that a great mentor of mine always says is that in in every stressing there's a blessing, but you kind yeah. of have to really look for the blessing sometimes.
0: Sometimes it's um, harder than most. To kind of look yeah. for it. So you're like, well, where's the good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how has
1: you know having your disability how has that affected like your career path and, and what you chose to do and what you went on to do
0: well I always wanted to be an actress or a writer or I yeah. always wanted to do that but then obviously I was diagnosed round about that time where you're you deciding where yeah. you want to be so it's not always it wasn't great because it took a big hit of me to say well I can't do that, and then it took it took a year and a half for me to say, "Oh, I can." Yeah, but obviously differently than others. So I always was doing acting and writing, but now it's more towards advocacy and kind uh. of integrating disability into it, and then mo- modeling came about as a complete accident that I just <laughs> kind of f- fell into and it just worked yeah. but yeah I think I've always known I wanted to do with the arts but with the disabilities it's made it revolve around advocacy instead yeah. of kind of not selfish reasons but reasons of what we, you know aren't as important whereas now it's like I've got an incentive yeah, and
1: I think what's interesting about particularly disability advocacy and the people who are disability advocates is that quite often you're drawing from your own personal experience, so the experience that you have probably with some a lot of medical gaslighting. Like you're really able to talk about that firsthand, and a lot of people will appreciate that.
0: And I Hopefully, think- um, I mean it's you still get gaslit, you know, when yeah. you're telling your own story. On social media, you just look at people denying it and denying what's happened to you. But but I think that is also at the same time, that's where the uneducation comes in. Yeah. So it's uh, a bit of a catch-22 for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and I think
1: that's like bang on, is that people online, (laughs) keyboard warriors, all of them.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah great (laughs) (laughs) and and for you
1: with your diagnosis and then you know kind of like falling into like modeling and I'm not going to say that you fell into writing because if you you always knew that you wanted to do that that'd be something that you had in, in your mind yeah through like any hardship have you been able to to like find a positive attribute about yourself and and almost use your writing to to like channel that and and appreciate yourself and and look at back and see what you've done
0: yeah uh so obviously I sat on my Instagram I think two three years ago it was a yeah. while ago and for me the images were great but I wanted to put something with it that yeah. I could look back on and other people could look back on and go oh I really. So I started writing poetry and I think it allowed me to go deeper into my own psyche and my own problems and things that I may have not been aware of or addressed any other way. Um but it's not just for me to go back. It's it's kind of for other people to look at it and go, "Oh wow, it's a journey." But at the same time, I relate to everything she's saying, and it may not just be disabled people. Yeah, it, you know, it's every it's every single person's got issues that we ignore. <laughs> I think this has allowed my my disabilities allow myself to listen to my body and listen to my head. Because it's important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you said earlier that your disability is, it's like mo- mobility. So like you have, you know, issues with your mobility. And and do you, do you use mobility aids? And what's like, what does that look like for you?
0: Well, I use, mostly I use a wheelchair. Uh huh. I can use my legs on days when I'm a bit more confident. I have like uh-huh. a walker. Yeah. But walking it, it's depend, and there is no one shoe fits all. Yeah, of course, as as we're aware. Um, but yeah, um, I was so scared about using them. Yeah, I think there is a stigma around walking aids and and just aids in general. Yeah, but yeah, I found they really give you independence and help. And what was it like for you going from
1: like not using mobility aids to to then using mobility aids? What 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 was that experience like for you?
0: Scary. Yeah. <laughs> it it um obviously when you're that age, yeah, you're having things taken away from you. You never knew existed like. Walking and things is second nature. Yeah. So to have that become an issue is um, was very scary. And I think we put what do people think before our own brain? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I definitely judged myself harder than anyone else. Uh but then it got to a point where I just didn't care. But it is scary. It is, it comes with a lot of stigma mm-hmm. and a lot of stereotypes that aren't true. But yeah, yeah. Definitely scary, but something that I, I you have to combat.
1: Yeah, and I think what you said, you said that it's it allows you to be independent. A lot yeah. of people seem to forget that that actually. Mobility aids are nothing to be pitied because they provide so much independence for people.
0: Yeah. I agree. The problem is, it's I don't know why, but they're advertised towards like the elderly. Yeah, and that is not the case at all. Um, so I think you think by doing that, you're broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're not in any way, shape, form um everyone's different every single human being on this planet is unique individual and this is one thing that makes you you and it's nothing to do with being old or broken it's just who you are it's your way of life yeah and I love that as well because I think a
1: lot of disabled people can think that they're broken oh yeah and and it's not like that at all and And that's what I think one of the main reasons that I probably created this podcast is because I hate the thought of someone with a disability thinking that they're worth less than or broken when like you're, you're not like your disability is perfect for you. It might not be perfect for someone else like. I'm sure if me and you swap disabilities for a day, we'd both be like, what the actual fuck is happening?
0: Yeah, yeah. We'd have no idea what is going on. Exactly, but it's so perfect for
1: you, you know?
0: That's that's the same for every single person. Even able-bodied are not the same as the next person. And I think it's not disability itself that gives it a bad name. It's society. Yeah. It's the way people treat disability that gives it that kind of stigma. Um, it's sad, but at the same time, you've got to rise above it. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it,
1: is that we all know ableism exists. Mm. You know, we all know it's there and we do have to push forward, but it's also making other people aware that ableism exists. Because I think a lot of, like non-disabled people are not aware of how ableist society actually is, Definitely. and you know, you think about like my prime example is always think about a building, and think about how you get into that building. Now, if there's a step, how does someone who uses a wheelchair get in? How does someone exactly. who has mobility issues or sensory issues or sight issues, hearing um, impairments, how do they get in that building? Because we all take it for granted that we can see the step or we know instinctively that it's there or yeah. we know instinctively to like lift up our foot and walk in the door. The people don't have that luxury. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy.
0: And I think until you have a disability, you were completely blind to how ableist society is. Yeah. And then you get a disability and you're like, how? hold on a minute the world's really biased yeah yeah. it's so biased and the thing is we laugh about
1: it and i have these comments and we and we laugh and it's because if i think about it too much i might cry cry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you've you've got to laugh because at the end of the day this is the way the world is yeah And we either can get angry about it or we can laugh and and try and change it um it's not easy what is something that we have to do?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I always ask every guest, and I, I kind of asked you earlier, but I think I think I'm gonna ask you how I ask everyone is that do you can have you noticed within yourself a positive attribute arising in yourself from disability? So for example, I always say that I'm really tenacious. And I'm not necessarily sure without my disability if I would be as tenacious. Yeah. I say that I probably would be because I'm a bit of a dick sometimes. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I want something, I'm going to go after it.
0: I'm 100% the same. I've always been that way. Yeah. But I think with disability, it's become more because I refuse to let other people dictate how I will live. And I guess that's stubbornness. Coming in and just me being I refuse point blank. Um, but yeah, I think it it allows you to listen to yourself mm-hmm. a bit more, but also advocate for yourself in a yeah. way that you never would before. So there's a lot of positives, and it's I'm not the same person who I was at 18. I don't. Yeah. And that's positive for me because. I don't think I'd be the person I am today if it wasn't for that. Yeah. And I think that's
1: a really lovely way of looking at it as well, is that actually you wouldn't be the same person that you were at 18. But that's not a bad thing. No, definitely. I think a lot of people, you know, if people change or they evolve and they grow, they they can sometimes it can be seen as a bad thing. You know, oh, I'm not the same as I was like five years ago and I can't do the same things that I could do. But actually... If you flip that on its head, look at all the things that you can do. can do. Yeah, or like look at all the things that you've impacted. I like to think about, you know, who have I spoken to and what conversations have I had? Like even a randomer on the bus, you know, like yep. you never know what kind of conversation you've had with them that will change their life.
0: Completely. It's um, it definitely puts you in a different light to yourself and others. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just one it sounds awful. Uh but my fa- people have always said I've been strong. But I say yeah. to him, well, when you've got no choice, what what can you do?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly like, like,
0: ex- exactly that. Like
1: what can you do? It's either sink or swim.
0: Exactly. You either and... get you either are strong or you like destroy you. And that's a choice that nobody wants. So, you're not, are you strong or do you just have no choice? Yeah, exactly. That's what it was.
1: I'm wondering for you, because you had to go through quite a lot to get your diagnosis, and and by the sounds of things, it sounds like you were passed from pillar to post. Can you roughly imagine how many doctors that you've seen about getting a diagnosis?
0: uh, She's. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to my head, like, what? Uh, I want to say like seven. Wow. Yeah. And I think
1: I wanted to ask that because I think if people feel like they might have a disability... Push. Yeah. You've
0: got to push. You've got to advocate for yourself. Um, It's scary because you've got these professionals telling you nothing's wrong and you don't have a degree. You don't have that medical degree, but you have your body. Yeah. And you, you know your own body and mind and you know something is not right. And you have to be that person that advocates for yourself.
1: Yeah. For like for absolute sure, I think that you've got to keep pushing for your answer. And if it's not the answer that you want, you've got to keep going until it yeah. till it is and it makes sense for yeah. you. 100%. So I like to ask, <laughs> I like to ask people, do they have a set of, of weird questions or like funny questions that, that people, like random people ask them? So I'll preface this. I recently was out for dinner and someone asked me if they could cut up my food for me. <laughs> And I I was like so taken aback at the time. I was like, no. Oh, I am, I'm yeah. good, thank you. But it isn't the first time it's happened and I very much doubt it's going to be the last time it happens.
0: Well, uh, yeah.
1: So yeah. do you have a particular set of questions that people ask you where you're a bit like, "Oh, heard this before," or "Actually, that's quite funny," or I don't know, yeah. anything like that.
0: You get you, you get the um obviously my legs work, but obviously don't, not not in the right order. <laughs> so I'll get, but you're in a wheelchair, but you can move your legs. You're not disabled. Oh. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Do you know when you, you look at somebody, you're like, you have a brain. Yeah. Do, can you use it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Bio- you, you get the questions. I think... Mm. Be I mean, given the the all uh because i obviously i'm on social media you get the inappropriate can you have sex yeah Do so you like <laughs> can, can you like yeah. can you have sex why would you ask someone that I, I
1: think it's so interesting that you are not the first person to say that as an answer for this question. And I highly, highly doubt you're going to be the last. No. And it seems to be something about disability and sex that really intrigues people. Because I think, because our bodies don't necessarily look the same, do the same shit that everybody else would do, it's almost like the first thing that they want to ask.
0: Yeah, it's also, I think for them as well, it's hard to imagine anybody would find a dis- disabled person attractive or beautiful, yeah. so even yeah. especially an able-bodied person. So for them, it's like, really? It's crazy. Like, so taken aback, like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, oh, my goodness, someone wants you. <laughs> you get that a lot, and you're like, wow. Yeah. But again, that's someone's ableism showing yeah. that education.
1: Yeah, and that like that's exactly what it's down to, isn't it? Like that's that's ableism at its finest. <laughs> yeah. I have one last question for you, and that is: D, can you say that you're disabled and proud?
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah.
0: hundred percent. I wouldn't a few years ago. it was yeah. very ashamed, but I think it's a journey that everyone has to go through. Yeah. Uh, is that that and it's awful but that feeling of like not feeling good enough and not feeling like an equal to anyone else um but it's definitely a a journey you've got to face yourself um but yes now I would say I'm disabled and proud and I wouldn't change that for the world yeah well obviously it's a journey that everyone's got to go through and face on their own terms.
1: And I think you're so right when you say it's a journey because I know a lot of people who have, you know, been on that journey and it can be very, very lonely and it can be very isolating.
0: Yeah, it can be tough.
1: Yeah, and like you almost need to reach out and find your community of people to help you along the way. Yeah. Particularly with, you know, we've, we've said before that you know disability is seen as this bad thing and this like awful thing and like heaven forbid anybody ever becomes disabled. But actually, yeah. there's so much fight and so much grit and determination in disability that actually it's such a disservice to not be disabled and proud. But understanding that it's a journey to go on, yeah, is something in itself.
0: Well, I lost uh, well, a friend I knew of, yeah. like, eight years, a really close friend, best friend, uh, because of her ableism. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sorry and, that happened to you. And I just, I, I, first of all, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But then I think when you look back, you're like, well, I actually can.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, And that's a common thing. I think with a lot of people is realizing the people around them are are ableist yeah and you can't educate sometimes you have to just walk away to protect yourself and that's exactly what I had to do
1: yeah I think that's so true isn't it that people around you 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 start to realize how ableist people are yeah and actually like you said sometimes walking away is the best thing because you can you can drag a horse to water, but you can't make it drink.
0: Exactly. I think as much as I explained to her my predicament or what I could and couldn't do, mm-hmm. she didn't care. She only saw how it impacted her and what what it would affect her and her life. And she didn't understand how I could use my legs, but I couldn't not be in a wheelchair. You know, I could use my legs. So she she couldn't understand or oh, she just didn't care yeah. how it impacted me. She cared about how it impacted her life. Well, and it came to the point where I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I don't deserve to feel less than, especially by someone who's known me for that long. Yeah. Who just tried to dictate how I should live, where she's not been in my shoes she wouldn't Mm -hmm. know how I am and and that is a lot of disabled people you do have to walk away from others if they don't you know meet your education or you don't if you can't sit and have a conversation with them you've got to walk away yeah
1: I think yeah it's it's true it's very true because at the end of the day you're the only person that can see your world through your eyes And if you're the people that you're explaining that to are willing unwilling to accept it.
0: Um, And meet your, you know, standards. Or just meet when you tell them your specifications for adapting and they don't accept it, that's... You're not going to get over that Mm because that is the first hurdle. Yeah. And I think for anyone to deny your condition or who you are, That's an anchor part of you, a big part of you. Yeah. So that, in a way, is a friend saying, "Mm, I don't really like what I'm seeing anymore. Yeah. It sucks, but unfortunately, you've got to find the right people.
1: Yeah. And that's it. Like You've got to find your people who accept you for exactly who you are. Yeah. And exactly how you are as well, because I think with a lot with disabled people, it's not just who you are, it's how how you are, how you move through this world, because Lord
0: knows it's different for all of us. Oh, yeah. And I think that is hard for a lot of people to accept. Um, Like the whole, some people are in wheelchairs, some people use canes or walkers or nothing. It's completely invisible. And some people don't understand that. It's not a one-size-fits-all Yeah. And that's where a lot of ableism comes in. It's like, we don't look disabled. Well, you don't look stupid, but here we are. You know? I
1: do um, Yeah. It, yeah. And like everything, everything you're saying, just it reiterates every fact that we've made today is that actually you find your own people, but also don't be afraid to stand up for yourself when it doesn't feel like you are being treated fairly because you you know you're worth absolutely everything like you know we're all worth our we are all worth our own weight in gold that was such a mouthful to say (laughs) we got there in the end (laughs) I know we did get there in the end I really had to think about the words I was using
0: (laughs) no it's crazy I think for people where it's so shocking for them when you're like, no, I'm beautiful and I'm smart and I'm sexy and I'm, I'm worth a good person or I'm worth more than, than what you expect. It's shocking for them to fact go really so yeah. you wouldn't change it. It's like, no, I wouldn't. And then when people find that out that you're confident and you love yourself, it's hard for them to kind of compute. Yeah. It, yeah, it's so true.
1: It's so hard for some people to compute that actually you can be disabled and you can love yourself. Like shock, yeah. horror, like they yeah. can
0: coexist. It's crazy. Or, you know, y- y- you say, I am beautiful and I'm worth a good person loving me. I know what I deserve. And, and they go, really? <laughs> oh, gosh, crazy. So they break in that stabilism, but it's not always their fault. It maybe society's fall on that one.
1: Yeah. Society has a lot to answer to in terms of ableism and, and how, how people think about disability. Definitely. And it's, it's going to take, you know, a lot of deconstruction. It's not something that can be fixed overnight because these are ingrained thoughts that have been there forever.
0: Yeah, it's going to take a lot of people coming forward and just refusing to accept this baseline that we're given and it's gonna take. It's gonna take probably decades.
1: But do you know what? There's so much fight and pride in that fight for disability that actually, I'm very happy to be like a soldier in the army
0: for it. I agree. I'm, I'm the same because I don't think I've ever met a disabled person that's not, first of all, very open minded and accepting everyone. Yeah. Because I think obviously they've been on the other side of that Um, but I've also I've never met a disabled person that's not strong or that's not willing to fight or speak out and I think I don't understand why this stereotype of disabled people are very shy and quiet and you know very meek and mild because every single disabled person I've met is the complete opposite of that.
1: I actually, I mean, very much inclined to agree with you. Every single person that I know who has a disability tends to be a real loudmouth.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I like, like, understand where the whole trope came from.
1: Yeah, I I'm with you on that because, you know, in the media, disability is portrayed as like meek and mild and shy in the corner. And actually, yeah. when I think about absolutely everybody that I've even spoken to on this podcast, everybody is like, no, I'm I'm, you know. It's taken me maybe it's taken me a while like you said to be disabled and proud but actually I'm so proud to be here or yes I am immediately disabled and proud and and it's given me so much in my life and yeah. and you know I I'm actually very much with you. I don't think I know someone who is disabled and who isn't willing to fight because we've had to fight for what we deserve already yeah. in our life. It's not what's multiple. what's what's another argument about it between yeah.
0: friends. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think this whole, you know, trope, I've never met a disabled person that isn't confident. I've never met a disabled person that isn't strong or independent. So I don't know where this comes from because I've never, so far in the community, I've never met someone that is, you know, what they portray disability as. Yeah. I've never met someone like that, so... I don't know where it came from but I think a lot of like stereotyping and toxic ableism came from that. Yeah I would I would ju- I'd absolutely
1: agree with you absolutely 100% agree with you. It's yeah. Crazy. Honestly though I have loved this chat I think it's been a really insightful conversation and I'm so glad that we got to have this because I think it's been really wonderful and like, thank you so much for giving up your time to being on the podcast today I've really enjoyed well, I, it
0: But again thank you for having me it's a it's a real honor when you get you know told that your voice matters or the people want to talk to you it, it it means you're getting somewhere yeah. in this fight and I think it's one step at a time with those it's not all at once Yeah and I think what you
1: say is so right it is one step at a time and that step might not even be a step it might be like a wheel or it might be like a step forward in a walker or in a crutch or a crawl like someone that I used to really admire always used to say and I know that it's not him that said it but he said if you can't think it's if you can't walk run if you can't run fly but then also going backwards if you can't if you can't walk crawl and if you can't crawl just move your foot an inch forward yeah i think, I think
0: it's, so it, it's, it's it's any any move forward no matter how big no matter how small still moving forward and i think that is something as well as as myself but also as a disabled person um sorry my my cat is like <laughs> walking out. Um, no matter how big step it's still step yeah go forward but I think as well what you've just said is I say that is um obviously I can't walk yeah and uh, what is funny is I'm doing London Fashion Week in February
1: yeah
0: I'm not walking down the runway I'm rolling down the runway and I'm okay with that yeah amazing well
1: like i said thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate this
0: welcome thank you for having me
1: no worries speak soon thanks Thanks for listening to this episode of disabled and proud if you've enjoyed the show then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts it really helps us to reach more and more people each week plus if you've got a particular highlight then i'd absolutely love to hear it tag me on your insta stories at disabled and proud podcast